Well, good morning, everyone, and it is a real privilege to be able to share God's Word with you this morning. Uh, obviously, it's um, pretty sad and a terrible shame that we couldn't be there, but I'm just praying that uh, what God's put on my heart and what we look at in His Word would just be a real blessing to you. I know it's been encouraging for me to be able to just spend some time uh, preparing this, and yeah, I pray that it's a real blessing for you all. Um, for those of you who might not know me, my name is Joel and uh, I've been a part of the One Hope family for a long time and earlier this year moved up to Brisbane. My wife and I, Joanna, we've been settling into married life. I've been working as a school chaplain with Scripture Union and uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, see you guys not too distant future. But this morning we're going to be looking at Matthew 28, so if you want to get your Bibles and turn there, we're going to read there shortly. But um, I've been uh, reading through the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, Joe and I, we've been watching the Chosen series as well and just really getting back to the heart of who Jesus is and what he's like and what he then calls his, his followers to do. And, you know, sometimes we, we read these words in our Bibles and we forget that, like, in the Gospels, that these are, these are stories. This is a, a narrative which... Um, is meant to be communicating something to us. And one of the words I've highlighted as I've gone through Matthew is this word, behold. It appears time and time again. Um, Some translations don't have it, but particularly in the ESV, it's there regularly. And it literally means for us to take note, to pay attention, to see, to observe, to sort of look deeper. Um, But in the sort of storytelling context that the Gospels are, my sort of Aussie, non-scholarly translation, uh, I like to translate behold as get this. You know, when you're telling a story, kids do this all the time, I've noticed, and they're always telling you something, and then they go, oh, and get this, and then they give you the exciting part of the story. And, you know, for us, I think many times we, we we read through the Gospels and we go, oh, there's stories that we know and that we've heard so many times. Um, but this morning, I, I, I want to sort of just pause on a few details, um, take us to a story maybe that we've skimmed over a few times, and that we would actually take note, that we would actually like slow down a bit and pay attention, that we would behold what Jesus does here and what he's saying, and that we would really get it. So I'm going to read Matthew 28, just the first 10 verses. Um, and each time it says, behold, uh, I'm going to take a little bit of liberty and, and translate it as get this. Um, so follow along with me. Matthew 28 from verse 1. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And get this, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was white like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said. So come, see the place where he lay. And then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And get this, he is going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him. See, I have told you. 
So the women departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And get this, Jesus met them and said greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and see me. Can you imagine this sight? This guarded tomb, which held all of the public interest. I mean, Jesus had just been crucified. He had he made massive claims throughout his time on earth. He had gathered a large following and everyone knew. Everyone was watching this tomb, everyone to know. And here come the women. They're coming to uh, anoint him, as we read in Mark and Luke. They're, they're coming to anoint him, full of grief and sorrow, and probably some disappointment. And then they get close enough to see the tomb, and then suddenly there's this great earthquake. It's white as snow, rolls back this giant boulder, and then sits on top of it. I mean, this is like the scene from a Marvel movie. And you can imagine these women are just freaking out. The guards are paralyzed. They're like dead men. And so naturally the angel says to the women, like, do not be afraid. Because these angel, the angel knows that these women have not come to see him. They've come to see Jesus. And as shocked as they might be by the situation, he says, like, do not be afraid. In fact, he invites them and he says, come and see where he lay. Come and have a look that there's no one here. Come and realize that all that Jesus said and promised, it's true. The angel says that like, you've come for Christ crucified. Well, I'm telling you, he is alive. And it's an invitation then for them to come and see it for themselves. And I believe this is sort of the first point that I want to make because I believe it's an important invitation for us too to hear that we are actually invited in to come and see the good news, to come and weigh it up, to consider it deeply, to actually look into the claims of Jesus and to see whether they're true or not for ourselves. And I know many of you here this morning have been Christians for a long time, and maybe some of you this morning, maybe it's your first time here or you're still sort of figuring out this thing. My question to all of you is, have you looked into the claims of Jesus? Like, have you actually dived into this message and actually considered it deeply? Not just sort of, you know, heard the stories and go, yeah, yeah, it sounds good. Not just, oh, this is my only option, so that's what I'm taking on. This is what my parents believe, so that's what I'm going with. Like, have you actually dived into it and considered it for yourself? And my invitation, much like this angel's, is actually, you know, come and see. Come and look into it. And, you know, we're not going to do heaps of that this morning as much as I would love to. I'm trying to keep this, like, pretty short because, you know, I'm sure you're all sick of looking at screens a little bit. Us, particularly as Christians, that we actually continue to look in. We continue looking deeper. You know, Paul says to Timothy, like, think over the things that I say. For the Lord will give you understanding. He says, think it over. Don't just read it once and be satisfied. Don't just go over it a couple like, Keep thinking over it. Keep chewing on it. Keep diving deeper into the truth so that we are convinced of it, so know it, and we trust it. 
So I want to encourage you this morning, do not be afraid. Come and see, come and look into it. Whatever that may look like for you, go and talk to someone, go and read some books, go and listen to some servants, dive deeper into this message more and more and more and more. Because it is the come through in these women who, you know, with great fear and great joy, they, they run from here because this is what the angel tells them. He says, go, go quickly and tell the disciples. He says, come and see, but then secondly, go quickly and tell the disciples. You know, this was not a place for them to sort of linger. As amazing as the site was, you know, there's an angel here and there's an empty tomb. Like, that would have been an incredible spot to spend a few moments. But the angel says, like, no, no, this is not the point. This is not a show. Look, see, be convinced, and then go quickly and tell the disciples. You know, and when I read these words the other day for the first time, like I was struggling. I had three different drafts going of three different sermons. And then I read these words and I just grabbed my heart because I was like, that's, I feel like what I need to hear. That's what we need to hear. Not just an invitation to, to see Jesus and to look into his claims and his truth, but a, a call and urge to go quickly and share it. There's a sense of urgency in the angel's words. This sense of like, actually, don't link here. Go quickly. Tell the others. You know, as I've been interacting in the school communities that I'm a part of, you know, as a school chaplain, um, it's, it's an interesting space. It's a secular environment, and yet I'm employed for spiritual support and as a Christian. And... Uh, What's been interesting is that there's been people that approach me and ask me to actually look out for their kids, particularly one mum who came to me and she'd been diagnosed with cancer recently. And over the weekend, she had just told her kids and she said to me, like, can you look out for them this week? And I was just in shock because, well, firstly, I'm like, wow, this actually happens. And two, I was like, what do I say? I couldn't even say to this woman, look, I'm praying for you or, um, you know, I don't know. I was a bit stumped by it all. And even the kids, I'm like, how do I interact with them? It's, it really threw me. It really threw, um, you know, my sense of pastoral care. And how do I do this in a secular environment where there's certain restrictions on what I can and can't say? And anyway, it was this big sort of wake up call for me and it, I sensed in myself this desire to actually, I, I want these people to know the good news. I need them to know the hope that we have. Friends, like we have to go quickly and share this good news with a dying world, with a broken world, with people who have little hope, little optimism. They don't have a positive outlook on not just today or tomorrow, but the years to come. We need to go quickly with this message. I think the scary thing is, is that we've become far better at talking about politics or sport or online shopping or child raisings or vaccines or school gossip or cryptocurrency. Like we've become far better talking about these things than we have about the gospel. We've become experts in the wrong field. And maybe that comes back to the first point and maybe we actually need to dive into this message so that we know it, so that we can share it. 
or maybe it comes to these next two beholds that we see in this passage and maybe they are what will give us courage to go out and to share quickly you see for the women at this tomb they are entrusted to a a very important task they are the ones who are told to go and tell the disciples Um, and this is in a society where women are, are disregarded they're not seen as reliable sources And yet throughout the Gospels, we see women given a significant role in the ministry of Jesus. And here again, they are told, they are entrusted with a task, go and tell the disciples the good news that Jesus has risen. And you can imagine that they were excited, but they're also a bit nervous, also a bit fearful. Like, what if they don't believe us? What do we, what do we do? And so firstly, the angel encourages them and then Jesus does. First thing the angel says is this, behold, get this, Jesus is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. It's simple, but it's powerful truth for us that Jesus goes before us. Jesus goes before us. You know, we often think that when we are sharing the gospel that we are almost like we're breaking the ice. We are initiating this big conversation and we are terrified that it's going to go wrong and they're never going to believe it because, I mean, you know, we think it's all on us. But in doing that, we think too little. We show too small of a faith. We forget that God goes before us. As it says in Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all of its people belong to him. God is the one who goes before. God is the one who is calling people to himself, drawing people to himself. And we are not going quickly to share the good news. And so for you, when you think about that, when you think about going to share the good news, like who comes to your mind? What situation comes to your mind? Maybe it's your workplace or your, your family member, your friend, your neighbor, whatever it may be, who comes to mind? Just know that God is going before you there. God is already at work. God is not asking you to go prepare the way he's a, you know, come and join me in the work that I'm doing. Which should be a huge comfort to us because the reality is God's the only one who can save. It's his spirit who will convict people, who will convince people, who will convertly go and share the good news. You know, one of the good things about being a chaplain is the low pay grade. Um, my wife is not too convinced. Um, but w- what happens in, in a school is that um, there's not a heap of expectations on me. That I have an ability, I have really a responsibility that if there's something beyond me, something I feel like I can't deal with, I'm to refer that on. One, I'm only there a couple of days a week. I'm not, you know, there's people there much more than I am, way more qualified to deal with some of the issues that are going on. And so I'm expected to refer things on. And in a way that's comforting because, I mean, I've just got to do what I do, do, what I, do it well, but I'm to stay in my pay grade and let the experts deal with some of the expert issues. 
And I believe the same is true when it comes to sharing the gospel. Like you do not have to have an amazing testimony. You do not need to have all the answers or all the facts. You do not need to walk someone through the whole Bible and explain every single thing. Like you are just called to go quickly and share the good news and trust that God will do his job. He is the expert savior and redeemer. He's the one who will convict, who will convince, who will convert. So stay in your pay grade and do your job goes before you. But a slight warning in that, because <laughs> the Jesus went ahead of these women and the women get to the disciples and guess what? The disciples didn't believe them. It says in Luke 24, these words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe. So just be perfectly just how we imagine it would. <laughs> God has got a bigger plan at play than what you are picturing and imagining. So once again, just stay in your pay grade. Do your job. Go and share faithfully the good news and let God do his job at saving and redeeming. And that may look completely different to how you perceive. Even hold on to the fact that God is sovereign. He is the one drawing people to himself. He has a far greater plan than we can ever imagine. So just go faithfully and know, trust that Jesus goes before you. The second reason why we have courage to share the good news. Firstly, Jesus goes before us. But secondly, Jesus meets us there. Have a look at towards the end of the passage that we read where it says, Behold, get this, Jesus met them. What? I don't know, I just feel like that's such a, a beautiful line. It's been an emotional roller coaster for these women and their disappointment. They've then been shocked by the angel and amazed at the empty tomb. They then have this mix of fear and joy as they run to go and tell their disciples. And somewhere between the empty tomb and this room full of the disciples, somewhere on that road, Jesus meets them. And time and time again, as I reflect on my journey, I've seen that, that as I've stepped into God's mission and God's call, he has met me there. He has revealed himself, not just to others, but to me. And I've been able to grow in my faith and I've been able to know him more as he meets me on the journey. And that's what happens with these women. And I love the interaction that they have where you know, nearly all the other stories that we read of the resurrected Jesus meeting people, nearly all those stories, uh, the other people do not recognize Jesus. Uh, even the disciples, like they don't recognize it's him. They, they're not expecting him. They're not looking for him. And they doubt that it's him. And yet in this story, with these women, Jesus just says, greetings. And they run over, they grab his feet and they worship him. The totally correct, beautiful response that when you meet Jesus, when you see him, you worship him. You know, and I love that. I love that Jesus, Jesus just says hello and they're falling at his feet worshiping. And that is the heartbeat of mission. John Piper says that mission exists because worship doesn't. 
This isn't about filling our churches or fulfilling our duty or just rescuing people from hell. This is about the glory of God. So as we go out and share, when we see Jesus there, let's worship him. Let's give him praise and honor for the work that he's doing. And let's glorify him as we obey and as we follow and as we go quickly to share. So after this moment of worship, Jesus speaks to the women and echoes the words of the angel. He says, you know, do not be afraid, like go on your mission, tell the disciples the good news and, and I will see them also. And I believe that that is an echo of the message for us today. Just a few verses later, we get what's known as the Great Commission in verses 16 to 18. And I believe that throughout the rest of the New Testament, that it becomes clear that that Great Commission is our Great Commission. You know, Jesus said to the women, go and tell the disciples. And he said to the disciples, go and tell all nations. And I believe that is our call to go and make disciples of all nations. And so as we wrap up, I just want us to read those words and to hear again the words that are shared to the women and that we would have faith and courage to go on our mission this morning. Jesus said to the disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That is the reason why we are not afraid. Because Jesus holds authority. It's not ScoMo. It's not the chief health medical officers. It's not the CCP or, you know, your parents or whoever runs the USA. Or, like, they do not hold authority on this earth. Jesus does. And so do not be afraid. Instead, as he says, therefore, because of that, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. That is our mission. That is our call. And that is an urgent thing that we are to go quickly and do. Make disciples of all nations. Teaching and baptizing of showing people the faith, whether they believe in Jesus or not, would we just continually make disciples? That is our call. And let us go quickly and do it. There is no time to waste. And the Great Commission, of course, wraps up like this. Get this. I am with you always to the very end of the age. Simple but powerful words. Jesus says, as you go on this great mission, as you go and make disciples of all nations, I am with you always. He goes before us. He's there with us. Jesus is with us. So would we be bold? Would we have courage? Would we go out in faith for God's glory and God's kingdom? Bless you on hope.